1: is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming very close, 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 closer still to the start of the season. People are getting very excited. There's all sorts of stuff going down at the moment now. Predictions, people predicting we're going to be second, first, 21st, 15th. There's matches, BT matches, first team matches, playing European sides, playing first division sides, playing sort of even sort of Ryman League sides and everything like that there's all sorts guys it's it's just people getting really excited you know at the moment now I'm Billy Grant and um, I'm back from the the Far East and uh, I've got my feet on the ground and uh, we're in the virtual bar at the moment now because um, well we're all over the place our characters you know as the summer comes you know you have got people here we've got people there and uh, like I said I'm in the virtual bar here with uh, the Liberal Nick and Laney Boy and Laney Boy's done a fantastic job in keeping me in touch while i'm away with you guys because when you're like 12 hours on the other side of the world you've got no idea what's going on so i know how these guys feel now when they actually tune in to the besotted pride of west london podcast every week because they want to know what's going on because you really do feel cut off so uh, i want to say thank you guys for, for keeping me in tune how you how you doing Good, mate,
3: I bet you were counting down the days of your holiday just for the next fix, weren't you?
1: <laughs> it has to be said that I was actually not doing that at all, actually. I was uh, very much enjoying my time off, and as you know, I'm one of these people who, uh, of course, I love the football season, when it's here I'll get stuck in, but I could do with a three or four, or even five month holiday, sort of summer break, and then just cram it in there all after that, and uh, yeah. But, right. well, God. Yeah, I know, I say loyalty point, loyalty bonus points, as you say. But anyway, listen, listen, guys, i am just going to catch up with you as well. The Liberal, how have you been? Yeah, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm just packing
4: up uh, the last of uh, Ollie Watkins's uh, possessions, and uh, I'll be driving him up uh, up the M 5 on uh, M4 on Saturday to make sure that he's happily
1: settled in as a Bees player. That's right. That's right. I mean, he's just lives down the road for you, doesn't he? You know, he's the- he is. Yeah. That's right. Yeah.
4: No. So he's moving from he's moving from one beautiful part of the world
1: to another. <laughs> of the world. That's right and, 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 and I heard he also delivers your newspaper to your house I mean, Has he actually given notice for his paper round?
4: Uh, no he hasn't No he hasn't But I'm, I'm looking forward My windows won't be clean for a while That's what
1: I'm worried about now Oh dear Okay well listen I'm sure you can put up with that If not you can you can sit in darkness Because obviously you know The summer solstice is over and everything like that So you don't need any more sun The Liberals Laney boy how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I am good. I'm just
3: packing to go away on my holiday, so um, I've got a quick week away, and then I am back in time for Sheffield, so uh, perfectly timed. Um, so yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I've been really, really busy week um, here, there, and everywhere, as you were saying. Um, I missed MK last night. I was gutted. You know, but any chance to go to Milton Keynes, I normally jump at. Uh, I know you were there, Bill, but I know. Um, so but I was actually. I was wanting to go just so I could get, you know, just get a fix on how Brentford are progressing. You know, I, I, I am excited about this season, and uh, there's a lot of new players to kind of get get up to speed with and try and suss out. So uh,
1: it's kind of a fascinating couple of weeks for Brentford fans. It is a fascinating couple of weeks. So we're going to get into this as well. We're going to talk about quite a few things. We'll be talking about the matches that have been played so far in the last week. We're talking about a few signings and a bit of gossip that's going on around about transfers and non transfers and stuff like that. And um, we've got Brentford fans getting very excited And they're predicting how they think we're going to do And how we did last season as well That's out on the Besotted website, we'll talk about that a little bit later We've also got the Hong Kong Bees When I was over the East, I had a drink up with the Hong Kong Bees And we've got a little interview with them coming A little bit later as well And then we're going to look forward to Saturday's matches But let's, let's talk about who are, who, are the, who are the Hong Kong Bees Bill? The Hong Kong Bees are Hong Kong Bee himself, which is Andy and Then we've got Phil and then, you know, we got Ben, Benjamin. And then there's a load of others as well, but they didn't quite make it out that night. But it was enough of us to have a nice little drink up uh, on the Saturday night. All good, it's good. good. But anyway, we'll come back to that a little bit later. But first of all, we're going to look back to last week and a couple of games that were played by the Bees. And they did very well. So, Saturday, Brentford at home, Griffin Park, lots of people very excited. Um, Sun was shining Uh, No it wasn't From what I can gather But um, the bees came out Southampton came down And they both went Toe to toe To a certain extent And they played A very good game New players Got their debut A lot of fans Actually saw exactly What they were like And uh, I wasn't there At the game myself Because I was actually At the airport I tuned into the new I follow To try and uh, Tune into the game and that was a bit of an experience, it has to be said, because, uh, you know, again, you can see when somebody's abroad, the nightmare that they must have where they're thinking, oh, I've got to watch this game, I've got to listen to this game, and they're pushing and they're refreshing and trying to do whatever they can do, and for the pretty much for the first whole of the first half, I couldn't get anything. And by the time I flipped over, somebody said it's on YouTube, for the second half, I flipped over to YouTube, and then I was on the plane, I couldn't get any reception, so I was gutted. So I had to settle for the besotted tweet. So thanks very much for that, lady, again. And uh, uh, that was the rest of the wrestle uh, on Saturday? Ah, uh, the rest of Thank the rest. Of Thank you very much, the rest. Also, you rescued me, and as soon as the game was over, the door shut and the plane flew off. So, but you guys were there. Just talk to us about Saturday's game, the goods so and the pro, the pros, the pros and the cons. Saturday,
3: I thought, I thought um, we were pretty good. Well, I thought we were very good. The so first half. Um, some of the quality of the passing football was was just excellent. Um, uh, yeah, I am mean just just hugely excited, um, and then. I think we've raised our game for Southampton. the rest of the friendly so far have seemed to have kind of followed a fairly familiar pattern where we put in a you, know, a you know an average chunk of the game and then we played well in the rest of it. I think we were losing an order shot and we came back, scored five in the second. We started well at Oxford and then we took our foot off the gas they, they, they came back into it and then took the lead. Um, after being two up um, and then you know we, we went behind at MK Don's and then and then turned it around up with a sort of like game of cat and mouse so I think there's still work to be done there um, but uh, you know I think I was, I was certainly encouraged by the, the Southampton the way we finished the game and the way we started the game you know, all the raw ingredients there Bill um, you know but we you know we cannot cannot sort of underplay how important the defence needs to be um, you know we've we, been we we can have all the all the creative flair in the world, but if we keep shooting ourselves in the foot at the back, then it, you know it, it's going to be frustrating at times. And I'm not I'm not an advocate for keep a clean sheet as your starting point and then try and win a game. I'm quite I'm quite happy to concede if we're going to if we're going to sort of score threes and fours, but I can't we can't be going behind too often.
4: And I think you know I think there's work to be done. I agree pretty much with all that assessment I mean it was a good game because I thought Southampton um, for, for a Premier League cl- club came and actually gave us a competitive fixture which you don't always get pre-season from Premier League clubs um, and fair play to the 1500 uh, Southampton fans who came up and uh, made a bit of noise and made a bit of atmosphere so it was, a good, it was good from that point of view uh, agree with Dave about the defence I mean we might discuss it earlier my worry is that we're going to score lots of goals but we're going to concede too many as well and we can't all ways just be Entering a uh, entering the season on the basis that we we'll score more goals than you, you know it's a dangerous strategy. Um, and the one, but the really encouraging thing is I think, and Dave alluded to it. First half we put out perhaps what could well be pretty much our starting eleven on August the sixth. Uh, a few changes, and then by the end of the second half, we were playing pretty much a second team who gave Southampton a very good. Run for their money so it shows that we pretty in pretty much all positions we have uh, two competitive players in every position judging from what I saw on, on, on Saturday and that that's encouraging as well because we haven't we haven't had that for for in the past seasons and there's always been some weakness but I reckon you know somebody gets injured we've got a ready-made replacement easy to come in. I think with these fixtures now against
3: premier Premier league teams, they they have to take us seriously. I think when when we played them sort of four or five years ago, that we were we were third, fourth tier and they 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 were just kind of real proper training games. We we got whatever players that they, they you know they, they wanted to chuck out. But now they we are they know they come to Griffin Park and they or they play us knowing that we are a very, very strong football team. If we, if we you know if they don't give us any respect they're gonna get turned over. Um, I, I was very impressed with Charlie Austin. It pains me to say his his, his finishing was out of top draw, um, especially his second goal. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think we've got a, a fairly, fairly strong, friendly list. Uh, I think it's tested us. I think, I think you know they've chosen pretty well, to be honest. I, don't, I think the game over in uh, Switzerland or France that was that was an odd one. Um, but I think you know, Celtic Ego on Saturday is going to be probably the strongest test so far. And you know, I think that will be a real feast of good football.
4: I'm looking forward to that actually I'm looking forward to see Brentford against some, some, some true continental opposition who will come and I think give us a good game it will be a really good example of where we are
1: yeah and, and interesting because I mean you're talking about the defence and the fear of defence I mean obviously you're letting in a lot of goals at Oxford I mean, it's only pre-season friendly um, also at Southampton and there's an argument to say it's not about the result it's about getting fitness it's about tactics it's about seeing how certain players do Um at uh, Franchise FC, AKA MK Dons, on Tuesday night, um, from what together they sort of started with this is pretty much the same team that they finished off at Southampton. So it's difficult to say whether it was a second team or a first team, because obviously a lot of first team players in there. But you know, we started off with players like you know Josh Clark was inside there. You know, we had. Um, uh, Luke, um, uh, Tom Field was in there as well. Luke Daniels was starting in goal. You know, we have got Dalsgaard, Is he a first team player? Is he, a, you know, is he, is he the, the standing in play? You know, we've got all these things that were going down. Um, we've got Bielend who was in the centre of defence. And uh, as opposed to the Southampton game. First half was a bit stinky for Brentford as well. It, they did. They started off a little bit slowly. They made a number of mistakes, giving the ball away and stuff like that. And both of the franchise FC goals as well. They came from mistakes from. Dare I say it was from Tom Field. I know he's a young player and he's still learning, but there were two sort of good states where he got. You know, he got fairly roasted in the first half. In the for the first goal, man came down his wing, crossed it in, easy goal, back of the net. And then the second goal was a mistake between him, um, you know, and uh, basically the goalkeeper and they put the ball past the goalkeeper and the player just ran in and kicked it pretty much into the empty net. So Brentford were 2-0 down due to defensive errors. You know, but when the team changed changed around in the second half, things had changed to a certain extent as well. But also what was interesting as well, because of the second half you notice it was almost like Brentford were playing almost like a bit of a training game and they were playing I don't know playing a particular type of game in the first half. The second half, they picked up the tempo, they were fighting for the ball, they were closing people down, you know, and it was a completely different day. When you see that franchise FC in the second half they were properly on the back foot then. You know, the bees were in control. Hotter came on. There were some beautiful passes by Woodsey, Crossfield. You know, um, Rhys Cole made a beautiful pass Crossfield for, I think it was for Hotter to lay it up for the for the third goal, I think it was. So it definitely was a game or two off, so you could see exactly where Brentford are. And I, I know what you're saying about the defence, but, you know, when we've got our final settled defence, which... We don't know who that is. So it's going to be an interesting thing. Is it going to be Bielend? Is it going to be Dean? Is Egan going to be in there? Is Dean going to still be with us? Is he not with us? You know, um, Barbe. When Barbe came on, you know, he was great when he came on in the second half at, at franchise. So, uh, you know, for these friendlies, we're still trying things out. Um, one of the people said, you know, at least we know exactly what our, our left back scenario is going to be after that first half. At Franchise FC, we knew that you know most definitely you know we know Rico Henry anyway is going to be, but it just kind of it just solidified for us kind of where we're going to you know we're going to be. And Rico Henry didn't feature in that game at all, so I think Saturday is going to be an interesting test. I think they're going to start off with the first team, the team that will probably start off on Saturday against Sheffield United, and that will be a real tester against Celta Vigo. I,
3: I'd be interesting to see on Saturday um, if, if um, Dean picks Makoto and woods again in the starting lineup because he started with both of them um, at MK last night i think I think from what I've seen so far of Makoto, um, we know what we know what woods is about um he, he looks he looks really in good form he, he looks like a proper governor at the moment I, I, I'm not quite sure that both can start in the same team. So I think I've, I really think this midfield, um, it's going to be a bit of a headache for, for Dean. I think for Dean Smith. Um, I, I, I think you know I know we've got a lot of attacking options, but I think this this kind of defensive midfield, this kind of this guy the the engine room of the midfield as such. So you know the the the, the solid the solid two, I, I, I just can't see how well I don't I don't see. I don't mean I can't see how they can play them both, but I, I think they're too similar at the moment. So um, um, he's got some decisions to be made there. I think you're right about the left back position, um, and um, Dawsgard is getting some serious minutes at the moment. I, I, I get I get the impression that. He's, he's worked his way into the team and, and, and until Colin signs his, his contract I think um, Dale's Guard's
1: gonna get a nod perhaps But well, it's interesting you talk about Dalsgaard again it's the first time I've seen him play and I was, I was impressed by him um, in the first half in particular I mean he was uh, he was coming our way is he coming our way. Yeah, no, 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 no. He's coming the other way as well. Sorry, mistake. But yeah, you know, but Dalgaard as well. You see him coming down the wing, particularly in the second half. And uh, he's, he's a real attacking player. He really just goes for it. He, as I said, he loves a pass. You see it when he gets the ball. He puts the ball in the danger area. Um, he, he's, he was he really did impress me. And you see that he gets really angry. It's only a friendly, and he came down the. I think he came down the wing and he went to put a cross in, and it went horribly wrong, and it kind of came off. But he's... Bang the floor and he was actually really angry so the passion was there as well and I like that so I like Maxime and Colin as well so if they're both in the team and Colin decides to sign a new contract it's going to be a really interesting bounce off between those two because it's one of those ones where you're not going to be disappointed if one is inside or the other and maybe it might actually get to a scenario that you actually play one type of player for a particular type of team and another type of player for a, another type of team which is a, a lottery that we haven't had for Brentford for uh, well I don't know in, in probably forever.
4: Defence isn't, defense isn't an issue, we have enough players who can cover the positions in defence, um, attack isn't an issue because we've got players again who can cover and play a different game. But going back to what you said earlier, Billy, I wonder about you know whether we actually have too many midfield players at the moment. And what worries me is that there might be a bit of chopping and changing um, in midfield, which may not be the best example of trying to build a stable and winning team. Um, uh, if if we're likely to lose anybody between now and the close of the transfer window, I would suggest it's probably going to be a couple of midfield players, isn't it?
1: I mean, at the moment now, I mean, and we have got to come on to talk about the transfer gossip. So obviously, with the, with, the, with the stacking up of the midfield players we got, you know, we talked about McEachern. You know, McEachern's in the side as well. You know, he uh, oh, did he even come on, on. We made a load of substitutions on that No, the he, he, he wasn't you. No, he wasn't you. No, so you have got McEachern. You know, you have got Nico Yonaris as well. right uh, you know, um, Nico Yonaris He wasn't on the. He wasn't even on the bench. I don't know if Nico is he going for his operation at the moment now. I don't know what the situation is with Nico because obviously he was. Uh, he was injured for the whole of last season so I don't know if they're using this opportunity for him to actually kind of get his uh, get his op, get his op in and sort of fix the fix fix the issue that was there um, but yeah we have got a lot of midfielders but I think you know over the next couple of weeks we'll see it, it's going to pan out in itself really. Well, did, um, what did Molpe M- 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 look like last night Bill? Uh, Molpay looks like he's, he looks up for it actually he, um, he's, he, he was there, um, he took his goal really well um, it was a poacher's goal. He just managed. He was there on the two yards. I think it was two or three yards, and he actually sort of slotted the ball in the back of the net. Um, but he looked, he looked up for it. You know, he, he looked like a, he looked like a decent player, a good little player. Um, you had Molly um, um, Watkins that was playing back and playing. You know, playing off of it, playing the number ten as such. But I just, I thought Malpay was causing quite a few problems for the franchise defence. And a lot of the time, the franchise defence was actually... Or the defence team was sort of kind of sitting back and letting us come at them. And I think that also, you know... That's, that's always been a bit of a problem for us back in the day, trying to break people down. So it was interesting in the first half, I mean, it was 2-1. They got two goals, which are kind of on the break stroke mistakes, um, and trying to sort of break them down and making mistakes. But in the second half, when we took the game to them... It was a completely different scenario altogether. It was also interesting to go and see show um, play as well, because as you say, um, he actually he actually got a telling off by the referee, which I thought was interesting, because uh, in his whole record, he's a he's a brilliant tackler, he's a brilliant passer, but he hardly gets any yellow cards. I think in his whole career, he's had like one or two yellow cards, and in that friendly yesterday, he got a telling off from the referee for being too over exuberant in one of his tackles. So uh, I don't know if uh, they've come over and said hello mate you, know, you need to get stuck in or whether or not they get away with more in, uh, in, in Holland where he's been playing recently but, um, but again he was interesting because you can see his passes he's the kind of player that makes sure that passes matter I mean, when he passes the ball, it makes it to the man. Um, I'd like to see him a little bit more because I think he probably had a little bit of a lesser game on on Tuesday against MK Dons than he did on Saturday against Southampton. And like I said to you, it's, it's, it's very difficult to see under these circumstances. I mean, coming back to MK Dons, it's... I vowed I'd never go there again but obviously being away for a while and wanting to see the team and not knowing if I'm going to go on Saturday to Griffin Park because I'm thinking I'm going to go down to uh, Dulwich Hamlet instead to see the B team I thought let me go down and see these guys but oh franchise FC you go there there's security everywhere play walls sort of searching you and all that which is fine and all this kind of stuff but you would have thought it was like an FA Cup third round match and uh, you know were, my had bought some tickets in the side bit which is the franchise end uh, I said can he come to Brentford then because he's with us and they weren't going to let us but eventually they did and I thought, God, he said to me the place is going to be brimming we walked in and he just started to laugh because there was like a little batch of people on the left hand side, a little batch on the right hand side and uh, we tried to count it up and there it, it must have been I don't know what the crowd was, it, look, it looked like because it's a big stadium, probably 1500 people in there at the most Like you know, it really, really was empty and that huge stadium with 30 odd thousand people, um, it must be really hard to sort of kind of just get any Vibe, and I suppose in the first half, that's probably half the reason why Brentford were playing like they were because you know they're professionals, they need to up their game. But it literally was like, it was like playing on a training pitch because you know they're on a football pitch, but there was just no vibe there as well. And the Brentford fans were trying to sing up and get a little bit of a thing going. And every time he scored a goal, they were singing and talking about we're going to win the league and all this kind of stuff. But um, um, MK Dons really is it's quite a soulless bowl, it really is. Enough about
4: franchise. The thing that struck me about Morpé on Saturday is I went away from the game and he reminded me of somebody, watching him get stuck in, running around. He was creating a bit of nuisance, and I thought he reminded me of somebody. On the way home, it suddenly struck me. He reminded me of Jamie Curator. I think he's going to be an annoying little sod and he's going to be a player that opposition fans are going to hate. I wouldn't use that insult on my worst enemy, Nick. Well, I, I, I use it in a positive way because as we know, Jamie, as we, we three know, Jamie Curiton is a really nasty, annoying bloke. I mean, I'm sure he's a perfectly nice bloke in real life, but on the football pitch, he creates... Really niggly, but he's good, and he, he, you know, he's a good striker. And Maupay strikes me as that. strikes me as a Jamie Curriton type character, and that I, uh, that I offer up as some praise. And boy, good if he can do what Jamie Curriton has done against us, and
1: for other for for Brentford against other teams, then I'll uh, he'll be a become a folk hero before too long. So, so what question? What match do you think that um, Malpay will be sitting in the centre circle, sort of twenty minutes after the after the end of the game? Waiting to go down the tunnel, scared. Which, 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 which game do you think I, that'll be? I think it'll be, be Sunderland's
3: away, stayed in the light after he scored a hat trick, and he's been really, really winding the Roker boys
4: up. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I was going to say when he's not four past Millwall
1: at, uh, at the New Den. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, little round up on the games for, 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 for last week. Now we're going to talk about players and transfers couple of weeks of the season and there's been a few little bits and pieces not too many bits and pieces happening since the last podcast last week that you guys did we've had one new signing Emiliano Marcondes there was a lot of talk about him I think we wrote, I wrote a little article when I was away actually saying that he was in, his signing was impending he was going to sign and a couple of days after that he actually signed for Brentford he's uh, he's a forward player from Denmark of Argentinian background and he's going to be very good and interestingly one of our uh, sources as you know we've got sources all over the world one of our Danish sources was actually watching him play on Sunday I think it was Norgeland was playing on Sunday and he saw him play and uh, he had an okay game could have been better I think he got subbed off at the 93rd minute um, wasn't a game to write home about but yeah, hey maybe uh, maybe his eyes is already on the Brentford on the, the plane for Brentford, you know what I'm saying. And even though he's got a, a transfer lined up in January, maybe uh, his heart isn't really in it. Maybe writes him over here a little bit earlier than January. Um, another, signing, a, another signing, another signing in the bag, boys. Sorry,
3: is there, isn't there a documentary um, or, a, or a, a Danish program on tonight or last night about about the deal as well? I think, us, I think our Danish source was saying um, that there, there might be a TV programme that's um, featuring him at the moment. So
1: we'll, we'll put the link on beside it if that's the case. That's right, that's right. Yeah, there's a little Danish programme. So it's obviously big news in Denmark, the fact that he's actually signed for Brentford. Um, of course, obviously, the, you know, with the link with... Uh... Michelin as well, who obviously won the league over there a couple of years ago. So it's actually become a bit of a bit of a big story and I think he's a bit of a bit of a big name out there, and you know he could have gone to quite a few places. Bromby were really after him, and they didn't quite get him. So there'll be more on that a little bit later. Just check out besotted.co.uk. Other bits of news flying around. You know, we were talking about Maxim Collin, and I saw the little videos that you did uh, outside his house with the for sale. Well, it's actually not for sale, but for the sold sign. So uh, Maxine Collin actually has sold his uh, flat. Um, Just down in uh, Windmill Road So the flat's been sold But the question is That doesn't necessarily mean That he's uh, leaving Brentford It just might mean That he's going to buy Another flat somewhere else He's he's
4: uh, got a loyalty He's got a loyalty bonus And he's moving somewhere bigger That's that's (laughs) my thinking That's my prediction
3: Or it it
1: might be The flat upstairs is sold It might be (laughs) It might be as well I mean what's your your thoughts Or what's your words on this um, Lainey About Maxine?
3: Maxime, I'm, I'm hearing um, is is wanting to stay. Um, um, I can't tell you who's told me this, but um, <laughs> he, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm hearing that the, the chances are that he, he will remain to be a Plough or he want he wants to. So you know, but we have got cover there. So it's you know it's, it's whoever if someone comes in um, and his buyout clause is triggered or. Um, you know, it's a it's a decent offer. It's way above what we paid for him, and we've got we've got cover in guard We've got cover. We've got, we've got, we have got cover in that position. I don't think we've got an international um, defender quality cover like like Maxime Gollin. I, I rate him from the moment I saw him when he came on up at um, Burnley a couple of seasons ago. I knew that we had something special there. Um, and you know, from what I've seen since, I know he's a bit injury prone at times, uh, but. He is a, a proper player, and he is a, a, a real improvement. He's helped our club move up a level, a notch in, in, in you know the standard of the kind of the calibre of players that we need to be bringing in. So I hope he stays, um, but we have got cover. Um, the same same with um, with Yotta, you know. Again, none of us wanting to go, but this Makonde's deal is. It looks like we've we you know we've covered ourselves. We've done it. We've buttoned ourselves up. We've you know we, when when we brought Bentley in to cover for Button not not signing, and in the end you know when he when when Button left, we had a natural player just to slot in. So you know again Yotta, I really don't really don't want that that to be the scenario. I'm hoping this. Is going to stay um, the nearer we get to the window, and without any premiership clubs coming in, then that's the you know that's more and more likely. But you know, again, we need to, we need to max out on, on Yotta, so you know, there's some big, big, big decisions to be made there. Um, and the same with Woodsy, you know, is this question marks over him? Um, there is cover. You know, we've be talked about Maccacho already, and Dean is another one. Dean, is Harley Dean, has not signed a contract as such, um, and God knows what's happening now. Let's talk about Sheffield Wednesday, Bill. I don't know
1: if you know anything about Wednesday. Well, uh, there's like I said, there's a lot of rumours flying around about Sheffield Wednesday. I think it was started by one guy on Twitter actually, but he was a he was a guy. He was not one of these false agents. He was another character who reckons that he had the information. Um, we've been talked to our Yorkshire sources and uh, they can't find anything, to be quite honest with you. They can't find anything deeper than, uh, than that information. Now, it doesn't mean it's right, it doesn't mean it's wrong, but um, sometimes you, you dig around and you find something, but they, they can't find anything on that. So whether or not it's either being very, very close to, to, to the people's chest and they're just talking amongst themselves, not, not letting it out, or whether or not it's uh, just not, not happening at all. But there, there, there doesn't seem to be much legs in the, the Dean scenario at this moment in time, um, but that might change in the next couple of days. The other one that we thought was quite interesting was um, Rico Henry. Um, there's rumours about Rico Henry, um, and Hull City, who obviously got a massive gravy pay packet, have come down from the Premier League. They're looking at Rico Henry, apparently, and they want to take him off us. But the ironic thing about Rico Henry is um, a lot of people don't even know, or probably don't remember this, because they been, oh, Rico, because he's been there for about a year. He's actually only played a dozen games for Brentford. So, you know, Hull City have come down and they want to take a player off our hands who's played a dozen games. I mean, has it got to the stage now where, you know, our scouting is so good that every time we pick up a player, literally, they can't even get sort of more than a dozen games under their belt before somebody else wants to buy them. And um, as you know, Rico Henry's under contract for, I don't know, probably at least another four years. So uh, if they're going to buy him, it's not going to be for sort of two or three you know, quid. You know, they're going to have to pay £10 million plus, probably like £10, £12, 30000000 million pounds for Rico Henry. So whether or not that's going to... I, I can't see it. I don't know if it's going to be on the cards. Well, the whole city, you're going to pay £13 million for, for Rico Henry to come to there. I mean, Laney? but, um, well, you know, I, I said immediately that, you
3: know, they were talking about putting in three and a half million you know, our, our valuation is five or something. But you know, you've got to be doubling all of those numbers. You know, we we, we don't need to sell him. He's got another four or five years left on his contract. Um, he's, he's quality. Um, why, why would why would we want to sell him? Why we don't need? It's not like he's got a year left on his contract, and we're we're looking to you know juggling decisions. he's it's, is is it's our player? Unless they give us all sort of fifteen million, I'd say. Then you know, he, why would you do it? And Ted Nutson, who who's um, You know, was a he was employed by Brentford Football Club on the stats side. Um, He's got he's he's got you know a really thriving stats blog. Um, He he, he tweeted on beside that you know he he reckons Rico's three years in England's fullback. So you know we we need to keep hold of him, and you know he, he is absolute Premiership class. So if we've got any aspirations, we need to be keeping older players like that.
4: My sources, my sources told me on Saturday you could not move in the Braemar Road for agents. Um, um, could, there wasn't a spare seat to be had because they were all full of agents watching most of most of our eleven. I think the important thing though that Brentford are now doing what they do. Most of our players are on long term contracts. But clubs want them. They're going to have to pay big money for them, and that that makes a nice change. Um, and then you get clubs like Wolves who you know go and sign the wrong yotter. You know, I mean, Wolves obviously that that agent has uh, stifled, stiffed them up yet again, and uh, all the Wolves fans getting excited because they're getting their shirts with Yotta on the back and upturned some bloke that nobody's ever heard of. So you know, bad luck, bad luck to them. But I think um, if we can hold Yota up up until uh, the close of this transfer window, that'll be good. What strikes me as maybe a problem is it depends where we are in the. The, at the Christmas turn of the year, in the January transfer window, if we're challenging for promotion, challenging for the playoffs, I reckon Yotta will stay. Um, if not, well, then we will probably be having this discussion in January about whether he might be off or not.
3: Well, so, we look like we look like we've done a, almost all of our business already. You know, um, it's, we, we are we are kind of not reacting anymore. You know, it's it, we're looking at. You know, we, we we know who's, who's the, where. There's question marks, um, and really, you know, it's we're just hoping that one or two may go, but none, none of those kind of absolute sort of
4: none, none of the backbone of that team. This will sound slightly ironic coming from me, but I'm slightly concerned that we do lose Dean um, because um, Harley is uh, has been a linchpin of our central defence and at the moment our central defence doesn't since well even the latter end of last season hasn't been performing that well and to lose Dean well, if that might be that might be the way forward, but we'll see. Yeah. OK,
1: well, we'll see. Listen, transfer talk, player talk, we'll see where we are. We've still got another couple of weeks of the season, but more worryingly, we've still got another, what, five weeks or so to the end of the transfer window. So we're going to be sitting on our edge of the seats for the next five weeks, and fingers crossed, maybe we can take some of those players and put them in a little box and sort of lock them up for a few weeks, and then they can come back out on the 1st of September, and they will all be Brentford players, and we'll all be dancing around on the streets in front of our houses. Anyway, we're going to talk about Brentford next season, or this season, coming. Brentford fans are getting very excited, so they decided to write a few words. So at the start of the season, uh, Besotted always reaches out to the people that uh, have been blogging for us, been writing for us, people that have been guests on our podcasts, and we ask them to give us their thoughts on how Brentford are going to do this season. So we uh, reached out to about 13 or 14 people out there and uh, they gave us our thoughts and it's on now besotted.co.uk it's go live um, and it's basically their predictions their thoughts on last season just looking back to last season like the, the pros the highs and the lows of last season and looking forward to this season to see exactly how Brentford would do and uh, it was very interesting reading Nick did you think so?
4: Absolutely um, It was funny We we were all Terribly optimistic um, Some of us are heading For a big fall As I tweeted out Earlier today Actually if you read it I reckon You know You should All my predictions Go go down to the bookies And, and bet the entire opposite And you'll probably Make a fortune Because my track record On these things isn't, isn't good But reading through them We're all Confident That we'll be in And around the playoffs I mean there are some Some very I mean Jim Lavac And oh, Ali Malali, you both think we'll get automatic promotion. Well, you know, I'll, I'll enjoy going to their celebration party if if that's the case. Um, and I really do recommend um, people do read it, if only for Lulu Khan's um, comments about Yotta and Burnley, which uh, had me laughing out on, out loud on a train, and I uh, got some very strange looks. It was Hotter and, and Burnley, or Scott Hogan and Burnley?
1: No, Hotter and Burnley. It was really quite funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah tenuous Burnley link, but it uh, was quite yeah there's a bit of butter scratching uh, activity as well going on in there as well you've got to read it um, what, what, what is interesting though is like you say it depends on how you come out because um, obviously 2014-15 we got to the playoffs everyone's very excited off the back of that and then everyone's going yeah the next season we're going to do even better we're going to get promoted we're going to beat Man united we're going to be european championships and it didn't quite work out like that it's almost like we have got a sort of similar situation to that now Except it's not quite the same, because to me, I'm thinking... You read a lot of these people's articles. There are, you know, there are a lot of people. Basically, there's, just quite, there's a couple of ones and twos. There's a lot of people saying either oh, we're going to be fifth or sixth or maybe just outside the playoffs, seventh, or eighth. We've got uh, Paul Grimes which is the Royal Oak B, who's probably the most pessimistic who reckons we're going to be about thirteenth or fourteenth. I think it is, and we're going to have you a realize terrible season. You realise that, Paul Grimes um, advertises that. Well,
4: that means that we'll probably be top and uh, a top and win the championship by uh, end of
1: March. <laughs> you know? uh, that's right. So it's, there's, there's a difference. But, but coming back to it, what I think is that even though people are quite enthusiastic on this, they're enthusiastic because um, probably Brentford have operated in a way slightly differently than they have recently. They've learned a lot from their mistakes. So we've been proactive in the market. We've gone and got players that we wanted to get. So we looked at people like Ollie Watkins, we looked at him a year ago, and he's now come in. For a a start, I think the fact that we've been in the game for a year or two just trying to do this means the fact that Ollie Watkins could turn us down a year ago, but he'll still come back to us. So it means that we're in for getting these quality players. So it's almost like we're playing the long ball game and we're starting to learn from that. And I think people are getting excited about that because they're thinking, hold on, we're really serious, we know what we're doing. Okay, some of these players, again, may work out. They might not work out, but that's not the point. The fact is that we're picking up quality players that other people would like. We know they're quality, they look quality. They may come into a side and they may not fit the system or they may not like the country or whatever. Like that. That's a different scenario altogether. And I think that's what people are getting excited about. But we still know that this is a tough league listen, you know, you've got your Norwiches, and you had your Newcastles last year, you've got your boroughs coming down, you've got Wolves spending money, you've got Leeds, you know, it's going to be a tough league. So even though we're saying these things, we know it's going to be really hard out there. Whereas I think that a couple of seasons ago, just because we got to the playoffs, we just thought we should be beating everybody. But I think now we've, we've changed around a little
4: bit. The teams that have been relegated this year—I mean, I fear that some fear because they are my second team. I fear that Sunderland are going to do a um, Aston Villa, if not a Leeds, and could well drop out and down to Division One in in the course of this season. Hull, I think, are you know, Hull don't know where they're going. I mean. It just shows if they're scratching around Think Rico Henry is worth signing as left-back now They haven't got any planning They'll find it difficult in the championship I just don't see that there's any standout team That is automatically going to go back up And I don't see any reason at all Why we can't be one of those teams Scrapping in and around the playoffs I think it's going to be As the championship always is I think it's going to be a really exciting league And you know, you you can pretty much know At the start of every season Who's going to be the top four in or so teams that could easily be in the top four or five of the championship, and that won't, by the way, include Aston Villa, and it definitely won't include Wolves. I think Wolves have been absolutely ripped off by the agent, and it's disgraceful what's going to be going on there at this club, in that club in the summer. But
1: well, we'll come back to this, like I said, next week. One one tip on this one is, uh, and I hate to say, it's Norwich City. I mean, they've been down for a season, but I just think the fact that they nabbed their director of football from Huddersfield. Who was very good at Huddersfield, pulled in a load of good players for them and they they poached him midway through last season and he's been doing his uh, work over in Norwich as well. They've got a load of money and they've got him there and they've got this new manager... And I think that they could be a bit of, I said dark horses, but I think that they could actually cause a few problems this season. Um, they seriously underperformed last season, but I think they might actually get in the bags and they might be one team to look out for. But what we'll do, we'll come back to this next week. We'll talk about more Brentford predictions alongside everybody else's predictions because we've also spoke to every single blogger in the championship as well, you know, from you know Burton to uh, to, to Wolverhampton Wanderers to, to to Sheffield Wednesday. And all of them are t- telling us their thoughts. So we could just talk about that in a more round view of the season to to, to see how overly optimistic we are compared to everybody else. But anyway I've been east and I've been talking to some Hong Kong bees so let's see what they had to say after this little twang. So, if you check out the Besotted Prada West London podcast, myself, Billy Grant, I haven't been around for the past couple of weeks, I popped in a couple of weeks ago with my friend Gary from Shanghai, he's one of our sources and he gave us a bit of info, but other than that I've been doing a few bits and pieces out there, having a brilliant time, if you've never been over that side of the world, it's 100%, take some time out, just go over there, even if it's for 5 days or 6 days, Tokyo is 100% one of the best cities in the world, you will have an absolute laugh, they've got so much respect for us, so much respect for just things, it's just a beautiful place, brilliant place they're, they're fun people, they're friendly people and they just know how to do things in style and you'll have so much fun I mean I just had a brilliant laugh, I've, I've had to come back to have a holiday to be honest with you um, <laughs> it was really bad and my, my wife, is she's in bed at the moment now because she's been in bits, like I'm saying <laughs> uh, the last couple of days, it's, it's been quite bad but the far east has, has killed her it's, it's, yeah, broken right. us, mate. it's absolutely broken us but it's just one of these places where uh, it just brings back. They just understand about like, uh, sort of the realness about stuff. Like like, say so for example, you go to a bar and you walk into this bar and it's, it's a vinyl bar and it's just got vinyl walls full of vinyl everywhere. And you look around, and you think, why have they done this? Um, in the UK, you get this scenario. They go, well, if we do a vinyl bar, that means you know we can multiply by X amount of people, make lots of money, and then you know th- this is the reason why. There's a reason behind it. Whereas in Japan, they do it because that's what they love. They love the vinyl and they feel that people need to... to, This this music needs to be preserved and then we'll play it and we'll create an environment for people to come down there, sit with their mates, have a drink, chill out, talk to the guy behind the bar. And they do it for, like, the real reasons. And it's almost like stripping back all these things that, you know, that we used to be into. And I'm not getting all old school about it, but I'm just saying, it's just their values are sort of slightly different. They, They love music... For the sake of music they just love it and they're into it and they want to talk to you about it they want to talk to you and where you're from you know um they, like i said to you it's, it's a really fantastic place when they're into football they just get into football and they want to know about it and they they get they just get really into things and they do it for real reasons and it, it's quite invigorating so anyway like i said to you tokyo fantastic place but after that i went to hong kong and i met up with the hong kong bees and they're a great bunch of lads. There's quite a few of them, but it's uh, quite late notice. So about three or four of them just came down to a bar, met us on the last night. I had a flight at midnight, but we said, let's meet up at 7 o'clock, put the bags in the old check-in at the station. They took it to the plane for me. Brilliant service. So you go to the town, take your bags to the check-in, and then I met them for a couple of drinks. And we had a good old chat, and they talked to us about... Living life in Hong Kong as a bee and also they talked about the Chinese football market and how it seems to be going kaput. So this is Billy Grant and I am in Hong Kong at the moment, it's the last leg of my Eastern tour and I've met a right bunch of characters everywhere I've been now as well, lots of sources, maybe me Chinese sources, Japanese sources and now I'm in Hong Kong and I've got my Hong Kong sources, which to a certain extent, I suppose is Chinese sources as well, but also I'm sitting here with the Hong Kong bees, you've probably seen them tweeting and they've got a bit of a presence, they've been going for quite a while as well so it's been really nice to come out here and sit with um, a lot of Brentford fans who follow the club at as much as we do, but they live about 9,000 or something ridiculous miles away from Griffin Park. So listen, and I've got Phil here in front of me as well. Phil, how you doing? Very well, Billy. Good to uh, good to have you here. And
5: uh, yeah, there are a few of us uh, over here in Hong Kong following the bees from afar. Not that many, but we're uh, always on the lookout for any others that are hiding away in the woodwork.
1: Oh, listen, listen, the question I've got to ask you, I mean, like you've fallen from Bradford from afar. I mean... How, uh, how does it feel? Because it's really difficult. Because I mean, like, I mean, I'm tr- I'm I want to watch the match the night tonight. I want to watch the match if I can watch it or listen to it. We're playing Southampton. The game starts at eleven o'clock. So it must be kind of quite weird for you to actually kind of get into that position. It's
5: yeah. I mean, obviously, we don't get to see many many games on the TV here. Um, certainly up up until next season, anyway. Um, because yeah, there's, it's just very difficult to watch. So you're following on BBC, you're following on Besotted, obviously, and 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 uh, and any other media where you can find you know find any any bits of news. Uh, but yeah, we obviously don't get to see him playing on telly all that often. Um... But at the same time, um, you know, with, with media as it is these days, it's, it's not not difficult to follow what's going on and all the news and all the gossip still. Um, games being on at yeah, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. Well, I mean, I've, I've been here 20 years, so I'm, I'm kind of used to, to watching football in the early hours of the morning. So... Uh, and I've got a two-year-old kid, so uh, he's, he's, I'm normally awake at that time anyway.
1: So. <laughs> We've got Ben here as well. And, and Ben's, ben, Ben's another bee. He's been, he's been living in Hong Kong for probably not as many years, but two or three years. But he's been living in, the, in, in this part of the world for about seven or eight years. So um, how difficult is it for you? Because obviously,
6: I mean, you lived in Ealing and you love Redford quite a lot. But, I mean, it, 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 don't you feel that's
1: something to be taken away from you?
6: I feel it's just as easy to share the misery from 7,000 miles away. And you know, two or three times a year I make it back. Uh, I have a really awful track record. Every time I come back we normally lose. Um, so I think it's equally miserable whether I'm here or back in London. It's interesting as well because you're talking about
1: um, there's a new eye follow, which is basically means that it's going to change your football. Cause at the moment now, I mean, do you guys meet up to to watch the games? We have, to, I think, not not all that often. because so we're never on the
5: telly. But I think last time we did was when we were FA Cup against Chelsea. Oh no no, we watched a game against Derby. Derby away. Last season wasn't it? We uh, oh, were four 0 No, it's
7: the one derby.
5: No. Uh, one all. Oh yeah, yeah. Fritchard scored first, and then. It's uh, a couple of years ago. Couple, that was yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So no, we don't catch up all that often. So Whenever not- we're on telly, yeah. if we've got a game on telly, then we'll we'll flip a message around and try and get together.
1: Yeah, so that was interesting. So you don't catch up, but they've got this new iFollow now as well, which means that all the international bees. If you pay hundred and ten quid, you can subscribe to to this iFollow, which means that you can basically see all the games, every single Brentford game live. Now, to me, I'm thinking if I'm an expat and I lived abroad, this would be the best thing in the world. But Ben, interestingly, you weren't overly impressed with that, did you?
6: Well, I'm a bit worried it'll lose the magic, so I already feel a bit sad. Most of the games are on TV, I end up watching on some uh, website with a crackly internet connection, sitting on my sofa looking at my laptop, and it doesn't have any of you know the romance, the glory of being in Griffin Park, so I'm wondering if it's going to end up being a slightly odd experience twice a week sitting in front of your laptop on your bed uh with a mug of cocoa or a cup of tea glass of whiskey depending on your preference i don't know i'm not i'm not sure it's it's too much right that's the whole thing with sky why they limit the matches because they think that if there's matches you can stream anytime anywhere no one's going to bother going to the games anymore
1: so you're saying i mean obviously you can't go to the game but you're also thinking that too many matches actually just
6: takes away the joy of you watching it four times a year on, on sky I, I think it may be the case Having said that When I've when lived in Ealing I've always been a Brentford season To get hold of So I know But then you're going to see The games for real But yeah I worry about Constant streams of Brentford Everywhere Maybe too much Even for the The devoted fan overseas have so we... got We've got Andy, the Hong Kong bee as well, he's been on our podcast, he writes for us
1: a lot as well, and it's good to come out here. Andy's uh, taken us around the last couple of days and I've had some proper jokes the last we were out in uh, Christ knows where we were in where were we last night? Uh, we were in Lang Kwai Fong. Lang Fong, indeed, we were. We Lang Kwai Fong does ourselves right out, like, you know. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a late night and uh, yeah, we've had to relax today to make sure you enjoy that. But listen, I mean you divvy between coming back to London and, 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 and doing your Hong Kong
7: thing as well, now how does that work for you? Well, I'm quite lucky that I get to come back about two or three times a year. I um, come back in the summer, so I usually get the first game of the season, I'll go to Sheffield United, um, and I'll usually have a couple of work trips. So because I'm the furthest person who has to come back for those work trips, I get to organise when they are, so I usually manage to organise them around you know, Brentford games that are convenient. So, um, it's all right.
1: And I'm just, so
7: asking you, obviously, obviously you follow Brentford on, you know,
1: obviously, Brentford you know, website. Um, you follow Besotted. You see all the news that's going on. I'm going to ask you guys, I mean, are, are you excited about what's going on at the moment now? Like, absolutely. I
5: mean, let's let's be honest, even though Ben, you reckon it was miserable, I mean, <laughs> last three years, four years, we've been absolutely superb. Um, overachieving. Um, it's been absolutely tremendous. And I think for the season ahead, Look, at, I mean, looking at the moment on paper, the new signings look quite exciting. Um, maybe we need a bit more strength at the back potentially, but um, but no, tremendously excited, tremendously positive. You know, we've done three top ten finishes, so you know, if we can finish in the top six this year, be it first or six, you know, that would be a great season for
1: us. So. And, and Phil's excited. I mean, I'm going to ask you Ben as well the same question, but the question I'm going to ask you is that if you're abroad, how can you really judge? How, they, how, how
6: good or bad the team is? Well, I, I think it's hard. I should say, I was talking about misery. I've had the misfortune to be overseas, like these guys, for the glory years of Brentford. And I was there for the many, many shit years, going to Grimsby and very lovely people that they are, um, et cetera. And now it's been brilliant, and I'm a follower of the Griffin Park Grapevine more than besotted, I should say for my sins. Oh, loyal. I know. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I actually, I can't stand the misery there, right? The people who are constantly complaining. Because to me, it's amazing. When I go see games now, you know, the quality of football, it's out of this world. The teams we're playing, last season I came back for the Newcastle away game, the grounds you can go to. It's unbelievable experience for Brentford fans, so... I think it's great, and you, you can participate by going back. Uh, the problem is, I find, you know, you watch the highlights on YouTube and you get a very misleading view because you only see the goals and the yachters' skills, of course. And then you read the match report and people are complaining about how boring it was. But to me, having watched the three-minute highlights, it looks fucking brilliant. And I'm also complaining it to the matches I saw ten years ago, which were just, as you know, atrocious. <laughs> on Call B I mean again you've been following the bees now and like I said to you we read a new signing the other day which Besotted
1: was uh, on the case again and we uh, put the news out there as well we're um, we're doing alright aren't we in the transfer market um, some good sides but obviously it, it can't all be rosy because as we, we wrote you know if you, you bring players in players also got to go so what are your feelings towards this season I mean are, do you think the, soft, the, the side is stronger as a whole um, do you think
7: we're going to lose a few players um, how do you reckon well when you look at the quality that we've got in each position, we seem, we seem to have a potential first team player in every position. You know, that's not something that you could say even over the last three years where we've had top ten finishes. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, look, it, looks, it looks really positive. But we seem to have a load of midfielders and only three midfield positions. So you've got to be wondering, well... You know, can we keep enough of those players happy? Can you keep enough of those players fit? Oh, you'd, you'd assume that some some players are going to go. When you really, I don't, again, I'm, I'm asking the questions. I'm not saying anything. I said we got Ben
1: over here as well. And it's interesting because Ben actually works for the Financial Times over here in Hong Kong, and Ben actually. Uh, He's a Brentford fan, but also he had a bit of a weird situation where he actually had to write a story on Brentford recently as well. Um, there was a little bit of Chinese investment interest in the Bees, and as we know, Brentford have got, uh, we've got a number of uh, sources. We've got Chinese sources, we've got French sources, we've got Italian sources, we've got all sorts of sources. Um, we've we, been we, we, we chatting to Ben, and Ben has you know, just telling us what's been going down with uh, that scenario. I mean, the, the deal's dead and buried, and as we say to you, people who don't know about it, uh, it wasn't a situation at Brentford. It was going to get taken over at all this, of course there's going to be interest in a team like Brentford because we are different and potentially we can get the Premier League so obviously people are going to be looking to invest in
6: it and uh, a number of Chinese investors were looking at potentially putting a bit of money into Brentford Ben well yeah there was there was a big spurt of Chinese investment um, they bought up or bought stakes in a lot of clubs from Manchester City Asesco Madrid all the West Midlands club. The Chinese investors seem to love the West Midlands for some reason. I don't understand anyone who's been there, but they seem to think West Brom, Birmingham are really lovely places. There you go. But anyway, the money went in because the dear leader, Xi Jinping, uh, said he loved football. And then all the Chinese investors juicily threw billions of dollars at it. Then they got a bit worried that these guys were maybe doing some funny business on the side. So now the message has gone out don't invest in European clubs, don't overpay for players. So it means there's kind of a double hit for European club owners because one, this pool of money is ne- not necessarily there as it was going to be. It also means that clubs who are looking to offload some of their talent to China may find it much more difficult than it has been in the last couple of years. And that, that
1: tor- correlates with uh, Gary, who's one of our Chinese sources as well, who was telling us that basically the Chinese economy is not doing as well as everyone believes it to be. If you go back in England, everyone thinks, oh my God, loads of money, loads of money, like John is going to take over but what we gather is um, there's a lot of money being taken out of the country um, from what I can gather, in, in, in a number of different means, which isn't quite right, and the government have seen the alarm bells and they're trying to pull back on it. Is
6: that is that the case? Yeah, um, the Chinese FA have actually warned about the sort of scams in transfers and you know, having double fees, so they report one fee to the authorities, they pay something else. So a lot of Chinese businessmen have been using football as a way to get money out of the country, and they're really trying to clamp down on that now, as well as lots of other ways in which uh quite clever chinese business people try and get their money out of the country
1: so and and again we're talking about i mean it's interesting because last day Vba as we talked about exclusively and besotted and we wrote a couple of days ago there was a chinese um chinese club that came in for him which one was that again it was
6: i thought it was young Yat, yatai i think yeah. was the
1: club. that's right it. they came in for for, for vbay as well so they've got the money in but it didn't the deal didn't really happen now i'm just wondering from your from your view do you feel that might have been just due to this clamp down as well um you know, are they sort of trying to show face and say, look, we want this, but they can't actually really carry through with it because of the, the stipulation that's been put down by the government?
6: Yeah. Well, yeah, so there's been a number of new restrictions that have come in, so previously people like Carlos Tevez. Uh, we're moving to China on huge transfer fees. I think Carlos Evers is the highest-paid player in the world ever. But Chinese government has put in the restriction, saying that transfer fees above a certain point require the clubs to pay 100% tax, which has to go towards training Chinese youth players. So it means that for any Chinese club, the cost of a foreign player may now be double what it was before. And yeah, Lasse Viva's pretty decent, got a pretty good haircut, but he may not be worth double his actual price. So listen, I
7: mean,
1: interesting, and then also. We can go and talk about this for ages. We can talk about, you know, I mean, interesting. I found that China is a a communist country. Really, I mean, it is. People forget that it's a communist country, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of capitalist principles going on with this country, which I still can't quite get my head around. You know what I'm saying? So you've got all this money being spent. You've got all this bling. You've got Gucci, and you've got all these brands, and money being flown around the place. But the country is very, very hardcore. So you know, socialist, communist. I mean, how does that work?
6: Well, as far as I can tell, it's a capitalistic economy, but, you know, the Communist Party controls power, so it's kind of, people can buy and sell things, but at the end of the day, all the political power resides with the Communist Party, which is why, you know, you can have these guys going out spending shitloads of money on football players and football clubs from the rest of the world, but then suddenly they're told not to do it, and they stop dead, just like that it's quite mad so listen coming back to Hong Kong bees so look we've got this season coming up now
1: Brentford season very very exciting you guys are out there some of you might be watching on I, I, I Follow. some of you might be still watching on Twitter because you you know, you know want to get that vibe and you just think there's too much football but I'm just wondering your prediction guys on how you think the bees are going to do this season
7: Hong Kong bee uh, I, th- I think that we'll get another top ten finish I need a prediction I need it on the nail alright I'd like to think we're going to get into the playoffs but I, I reckon we'll probably finish about ninth Ben my,
6: my Chinese sources say we have a 13% chance of promotion 13, 1-3 I would say we'll finish 10th Okay, Phil Ever the optimist, 6th <laughs> There you go. Listen, this is the B Billy,
1: the B Billy, Billy Grant reporting here from my last night in Hong Kong. If you've never been over this part of the world, it's absolutely teething tremendous.
7: Come over here, it's worth every single penny. Come over in May. Yeah. If you could come over in May for the Soccer Sevens, because there's a, there's a lot of uh, potential to meet some ex-Brentford players. That's right, so we've been coming down here and we've met Lloyd Awuzu, Dean Holdsworth, Tony Seeley lives in Hong Kong. Uh, Stuart Mile lives on Discovery Bay where you had lunch today maybe not so much of a draw but um, that's, that's the time to come over that's in it. May that's right. so come over like I said to you
1: Hong Kong Tokyo absolutely TV tremendous one of the best honestly the best city in the world in
5: Phil no Tokyo I've got a soft spot for Japan got say, Love say love it Hong Kong's great as well um but yeah, if any bees, bees fans are uh, in this neck of the woods, salam drop drop Salama, take you out for a beer. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like I said to you, and there's a call going out to your bees fans if you're in, the, coming over to Hong Kong. We've seen a load of other football fans here today. I was hanging with uh, Mark Wright, like me and with Mark Wright last night, and a load of Crystal Palace fans, there's a load of Liverpool fans over here for their pre-season friendly. We go to Geneva, they all come to Hong Kong, but maybe, maybe in the future we might actually kind of go for a little bit of a tuck over here. But listen, this is BG Billy the Bee reporting from. Hong Kong, over and out, Eastern Tour. I'm coming back to see the bees at Dulwich Hamlet next week. But before we go, I've got to get the Hong Kong boys to say, uh, as we always say, come on, you boys. Come on, come on you, you bees. bees! So interesting views from the Hong Kong bees. Great set of lads. And um, they've also put the invite there, as you know. If anyone, is any bees out there in Hong Kong, just get in touch with us beside and we'll put you in touch with them. They said they'll take you out for a drink. They'll show you Hong Kong. They'll be very happy for any bees to to meet up with them. And you'll have a, a right good laugh. I was a bit gutted actually because I was meant to go on a, a football free trip, and then the last day I met up with Mark Bright and a load of Crystal Palace fans who are up there for that that football tournament up there with Liverpool and West Brom. And I got offered. Of three tickets that night, and I turned to the missus and said, I know I said no football free trip, but do you mind if I go to the football? She said, no, you can't go to the football. So I had to turn down the game, which is probably better for me, actually, because my brownie points are still intact. But anyway, check out the Hong Kong Beast. But interesting point that Ben said there as well, because uh, I thought, you know, this iPlayer, which is uh, the streaming of games for people who are living internationally, so they can watch every single Brentford game, £110 for iFollow. follow, I thought that'd be a great thing, but, um, I mean, obviously he didn't know at the time that iFollow doesn't work, so... But forgetting the fact that iFollow doesn't work, let's just pretend it does work, okay? Um, He wasn't too impressed with it at all, because he he thought it just takes the joy out of it. Um, And he he liked the idea of going to watch Brentford two or three times a year in the pub in Hong Kong, as opposed to watching it on his laptop every single week. Um, The Liberal, I mean, you living down in the West Coast as well, or the West part of the world... You know, you're thinking of subscribing to iFollow, if it works, um, down the West Country, and you're saying that there's a similar thought with yourself, even though you can't get the streaming, but when you can get the, the, the audio commentary. I mean, what's your thoughts there?
4: Yeah, I mean, my, my, my danger is, and this is nothing against Mark Burridge and the team who do a really good job on, on, on the commentary, but
0: yeah,
4: it's a cold, wet Saturday or Friday Friday afternoon and i'm thinking am i going to fork out 50 quid to come up to griffin park on saturday and watch the bees and you know it's only for sake of argument preston and that's a bad example actually because the preston gentry are always fun to be around but anyway uh, but it's only preston why don't i sit comfortably at home in front of a warm fire and uh, listen to mark Burridge and co on on the audio commentary it, I agree with what the other guy said, it's it's the fun, you're going and seeking out and thinking, Oh yeah, my team's gonna be on the telly tonight. I mean, particularly if it were Tuesday night games which are quite difficult if you have got to travel hundreds of miles because, you know, you're not going to make it about the same night. You might have to think about a hotel or kipping on a friend's floor or whatever to, to, to watch the game live. You're thinking, Nah, go on, I'll tune in. So there is a bit it's not like the old school, but it's gotta be the way forward. If you're if you're a bee overseas actually for £110, pounds, it's got to be worth it to watch every game live and then the satisfaction of coming through to the one or two games that you might manage to make actually at Griffin Park in a year, it makes it even better because you can go back and you can Watch on the television, you can say, Oh, yeah, I can now imagine the smell of the onions on the burgers, or I can imagine the uh, each of us trying to uh, cram in on the Ealing Road and the, the crush on the terraces as uh, the fourth goal.
1: It's worth it, yeah. it's worth it if it works, of course. If it works, so Saturday, last set of pre season friendlies. On Saturday, there are actually two friendlies happening on Saturday. Brentford are playing two games simultaneously. Uh, on Saturday, at Griffin Park, three o'clock kick-off. Brentford entertain Salta Vigo. As Vigo, I think the name is. Something like that. Um, Europa, Europa League finalists, I think they were. Or, you know, they, they did very well in the Europa League very recently. So they're coming down to Griffin Park and uh, they're going to be testing us out. So uh, Brentford will most probably be putting out a uh, very similar to our first team, trying out a few players in that game. And it could be a very interesting test. And on Saturday at the same time, 3 o'clock, Brentford B team will be away to Dulwich Hamlet's which is a team that, as a lot of people know, if you check out the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, quite a lot is a team that I go into frequent. and frequent. When I'm not doing my 49 Brentwood games a season, I actually managed to go and see about a dozen Dulwich-Hamlet games last season as well, which is a right old laugh if you've never been there. So, um, I know, Nick, you're going to the the Celta the Vigo game on Saturday, are you not?
4: Yeah, I probably am. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely. Uh, they are, you know... They, they've got a good track record, and, and um, talking to a Spanish bloke that I met the other day, just randomly walking around next door, no, somebody somebody who lives in in Madrid, Celta Vigo actually got a reputation as quite a good footballing team. Um, apparently, they're quite attractive to watch. Um, they reached the semi-finals of the Europa League uh, last year, uh, where they lost to Man United, and apparently they were unlucky to lose to Man United. Um, they 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 lost their Celta Vigo lost their a bit at Old Trafford Um, and I think watching a continental team uh, who are developing what in in previous years past could have been said to be a continental style of play it should be an attractive game and hopefully um, at least for 60-70 minutes we should be seeing some interesting football I will miss though the of not standing on the terraces of Darlish Hamlet, because the great thing you'll be able to do on Saturday, Bill, which I won't be able to do, is drink as you watch the game.
1: That's right, and, uh, and, and a lot of people. Have, if you haven't been to the Hamlet, is a right good laugh. I mean, it's obviously not going to be as big a crowd as, uh, I don't think, as uh, what well, they normally have. They normally get about, they're in, the, they're in the Ryman first, which is about three divisions below the second division. They get crowds of about 2,000 down there now as well. got a right good following. They sink from the beginning to the end of the game. Uh, it's a right good crack, and like I said to you, they've got about four or five different bars that I mean, the long bar has got about 15 people behind it, and uh, they just serve the beer all the way through the game. And also they've got bars just round by the side of the pitch as well, so it's good. So you can watch the game, you can have a little bit of a laugh there. And there's quite a few bees that have contacted me as well, saying that they're actually... um, they're not going to go to the Celta Vigo game, but they're going to go down to the Dulwich Hamlet. So it looks like there'll be a, you know, a few bees are making an appearance down at Hamlet as well. So if anybody's um, fancy or everyone is South London-based bee and fancies going to Hamlet, as opposed to the Celta Vigo game, and I've said you can go to whichever one you want to, I'm not saying which one you want to go to, but I will be at the, the Hamlet game, and we'll be at the Cherry Tree pub from about midday. So just check out or Google the Cherry Tree pub, which is the pub of choice, which will be there from about midday onwards, and we'll be there having a bit of a laugh. But anyway, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and it's been uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Uh good to be back with liberal Nick, uh, Laney and all the other characters will be in next week. We'll have a right good get-together in the pub next week as we've got a few days before the start of the season, so everyone's going to be getting excited. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that major way. So, uh, Saturday two games hopefully Brentford's not going to get any injuries hopefully we'll be able to actually get more idea of what our team's about and hopefully we'll be setting ourselves up for the first day of the season when we play Sheffield United which is a big game a big day out and if you haven't your tickets you can still get hold of that don't forget as well just quickly I've got to say Borough train tickets are on sale for that they're about 25, 30 quid, I think they were, return that I bought them for the other day. So if you want to go to Borough, get your train tickets. And also Preston in October, those train tickets went on sale. They were, they were about 32 quid return as well, um, which was not too bad. So have a look at that. I'm just giving Bill, you a little Bill, on that. Bill, and if you live down in the West Country,
4: a uh, flight is a new car you can still get it
1: for £43 return for the Middlesbrough game so do it you know Flight to Newcastle for the Middlesbrough game so this to do if you live that part of the world but anyway besides Pride of Less London podcast we're going to say listen everybody great being back great chatting to you thanks for listening in we'll be back next week but as we can say as we're very excited we're going to see our team next week as they play on Saturday as we say come on
0: you